How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. This edition of the Kellen and Alex Show was recorded in July of 2020 with special guest Kirian Fedorov. We ask him the tough questions regarding shutdowns, uh, protests, defunding the police, all sorts of stuff. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kellen and Alex Show. From Alcatraz, <laughs> you're, you're in disguise. You go, you go up to the you go up to the clerk. You say, "Excuse me, is this proper coronavirus apparel?" He goes, yeah. He goes, that yes, that is. is. That certainly is. <clears throat> well, great. Well, you can buy alcohol with it, I'm sure. Well, you're you're 21 now. Yeah, I'm 22. Oh, you're 22. Oh man, I didn't know we had a two? old person in the chat. This is or in the this is crazy, craziness. All right, Kieran, we need to know. The people need to know. I, can I take the mask off, or do I have to wear it the whole time? The, the people, the people <laughs> of this great country to need to know. The people of this great country need to know, Kieran Fedorov. Okay. Was the shutdowns the right idea, and did they work? Your answer, Kirian Fedorov. I mean, I think the shutdowns came too late. I think that having a grasp on this thing back in January, February, or even like December when people were saying that it allegedly started would have been ideal, but we started it too late. And, you know, obviously we're going to see the trends rising still because people are saying, oh, we opened up too early. Oh, we should have kept people social distancing more. You know, our country just has a slow response time to everything. It's kind of like trying to run Windows. See, what was the Windows Vista? It, just, it doesn't work most of the time. Hmm. <clears throat> we should have shut down earlier. I say we should have shut down earlier, and we wouldn't be in this predicament right now. Meaning, we wouldn't have as high COVID cases, or we wouldn't have as high death. Or I'm what? What do you mean? What, what would the situation look different? Specifically, in our case right now, or in my case, having to go back to school at Franciscan, we wouldn't be seeing state governors saying we're going to spend another month mandating all the mask wearing, all the social distancing. We wouldn't be seeing this right now. In fact, if we'd started back in January, I suspect that we'd be at the end of it. That what do you mean the end? Like well, everyone who's going to get it gets it, or well, let, let me let me give you a scenario. So. Yeah. Back in very end of June, I'm in the gym. I'm working out. I finally have access to the gym again. And the governor comes on, Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona, and says, we're closing down all the gyms and bars until July 27th. And, you know, why didn't we do this earlier? You know, we could have avoided that. Or at the very least, if this spike, this bump that we've seen in the past two months had occurred, after we'd mandated things back in January, I suspect that we wouldn't have seen such a trend. I suspect that Arizona would be open right now and it wouldn't be one of the four states that are currently being said to, if you're traveling from Arizona, Florida, or the other two disease-ridden pestles, they're like, you have to quarantine for two weeks if you're going to be coming anywhere. Arizona might not be there. But we had to start doing this in March. We had to say, mm, let it stew for a while. And I suspect I got Corona back in December. I was walking around Tucson for about four months without a mask. I never caught it. I don't care, frankly. I, if it was up to me, I wouldn't wear the mask at all. Do you think, but, okay, do you think if we mandated masks earlier? Because now it seems like they're pretty much mandated most places. Do you think that would have made, what type of difference would that have made? So here, here's one thing about this disease is that it's not going to stop until we get the herd immunity number. And all the experts say it's around 50 to 60 percent 
of a population of a country has to catch the disease in order for there to be herd immunity and numbers like way on the decline, right? There's obviously in each state or whatever they'll have uh, in countries, they'll have a sharp rise in cases as people figure out like this disease has been spreading. And then the numbers will go down as people are more normalized to it. But that'll continue to spread barring yeah. a vaccine regardless. And you're going to end up having 50 to 60%. So what difference would, let's say, masks a month earlier have made, practically speaking? I say it would have made a greater difference, but specifically in more urban areas. Because you have to remember that the United States has a population of about 330 million people. And we've got a state like New York, which has a massive spike in the corona cases, and that Governor Cuomo was praised for having handled it so well. But you've got a state like Florida, which is, as I said, one of the top four states with the highest numbers of COVID cases so far, but they've still got a lower death rate. And so you have to ask, why is that? Well, it could be because of population density. New York's bigger cities have more people in them. So would mask wearing have helped in those bigger cities? I would say yes. It'd be more difficult to, certainly, but I think having people wear masks earlier, or even just exposing people to the virus earlier, would have made a greater difference in the numbers we're seeing now. Yeah, I mean, well, if we look at it, obviously, you know, lately, Florida has been really hit the worst. I mean, Florida had like a couple of days in a row, they had like 10,000 new cases each day. And a lot of people are saying, okay, maybe this is inaccurate reporting or testing or things like that. But I mean, I think it was pretty legit. And I think it's because people are kind of getting back in the mood now where, okay, we're going to go out to dinner. You know, we're going to be, we have to wear a mask when we get in, but literally like you wear a mask to the entrance and then you walk three feet and there's your table. So everybody's questioning, you know, what's the point? I mean, yeah, and they're also people, checking a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people have a valid, it's a valid, I guess it's a valid reason, but you know, there've been a lot of people saying that, you know, there's not even a point for masks. They're not going to do anything. And here's the confusion, right? People think because I'm not the one sick that I needed a mask. Well, a lot of people think that the one, I don't need the mask because I'm not sick. The person that, is sick needs the mask, right? So I don't know. It's just like, how do you really wage this? I mean, how do we know what's accurate or not? I don't know. We have to figure it out. But well, the here's thing the thing is like, like, with all of this stuff, we're going to end up with 50 to 60%. We're just trying to avoid hospitals being overwhelmed and people dying oh, no, sooner I, I if there's going to be a vaccine. Now, I get the mask. Like, okay, yeah, wear a mask, fine, whatever. Um, but the shutdowns to me are where it gets it gets tricky because you're telling like California last week, right? Governor Newsom, our, our king, supreme leader of California, one who we owe total allegiance, loyalty, our whole hearts, minds, worship, bow down. He once again closed churches, said no indoor worship. Of course, you know, Home Depots and weed dispensaries can remain open. Of course, why would you shut we those down? Home Depot, and probably. then, yeah, I mean, and then of course, uh, indoor restaurants, you can't have indoor restaurants. And you know, what's really funny. I've been like driving around different places and, and like some places just are portioning our off parts of parking lots to make outdoor seating because of this, this craziness. Now you mentioned like the three feet dis- distance and all this stuff. Like what's the point, whatever, but we're, we're in, what, what is the point of all of this when California hospitals are completely underwhelmed? Right. I mean, they're they're actually losing money off of all of this stuff. Right. All these hospitals are going broke because of covid, because they 
rely on uh, these elective surgeries. They rely on things that, you know, people coming in for regular stuff and not just COVID stuff. And they basically had to completely shift over to COVID because the government's told them to. They're actually losing money on the deal and they make money when they find COVID. It's just uh, like, what are what's our intentions with all these economic shutdowns, school shutdowns, which we're definitely going to get to with Franciscan. What is the the purpose of these if the hospitals are not being overwhelmed? This is something I'm just not, I don't understand. I don't understand that part of it. Well, part of it is also that you have people dying in hospitals who have coronavirus symptoms, but they might not necessarily be dying from coronavirus. Right. Like uh, old Uncle Billy, um, he's got an asthmatic issue and he gets COVID. Okay, that's affecting him bad. He's in the hospital. But then something happens and he dies. Does he die from having corona or does he die because corona gave him something else? And so we have to understand that people are attributing a lot of these deaths, a lot of it mistakenly, to people who have COVID symptoms Um but who might not actually be dying from the disease itself. And we know that this is a highly infectious disease. Um, and for most people, 80% of the population, I believe was the last statistic, are asymptomatic to it. They don't show a symptom. So most of the people, we don't know if they're sick. And unless they're tested, we don't know for certain whether or not they are at a risk of dying from the disease. So we have to understand that there are going to be numbers that are as you said, underwhelming in hospitals and sometimes over-reported in other hospitals, like again, New York, of the people who have corona, how many of them have actually died because of the disease and not from an effect of the disease? That's a good question. That's a really good question because it, I mean, it kind of adds to the confusion, but I mean, look, it's not like everybody that's in the hospital right now is dying of coronavirus. I mean, people are dying of all sorts of stuff. So how do you accurately report coming from the hospital, you know, all these cases coming in? It's, it's literally a mess. I mean, you were saying that, I mean, probably if in Cal, I don't know, but in California, probably, you know, our hospitals aren't, not every ICU is packed. You know what I mean? No, and in Florida, close. in Florida the other day, they were literally all packed. The hospitals, their units were just completely packed. So, I mean, it's like, where do we go forward with this? Because do we keep wearing masks? Do we keep, you know, trying to purposely play it safe, which I mean is a good thing. I think wearing a mask is a good thing. Well, let's talk about it, forward. Let's talk about forward. Okay. Father Dave sent out an email mm-hmm. regarding yeah. graduation and actually he sent out two emails, right? So, okay, guys, guys in chat, Twitch viewers, we're, we go to Franciscan university. You probably do too. Um, but Father Dave just sent out an email to all the graduating seniors saying, Okay, we're still going to have graduation, hopefully, but when we do, it's only going to be for one night, and only the graduating seniors and the faculty can be there. No family members. They have to watch it via live stream. It's not going to be a two-day event with a mass and all sorts of stuff. It's going to be one day. And he put in the let the email, let's hope that we can actually do this and that COVID cases don't go up to where we can't do this. And then here's the other big thing. He excuse me, he sent out an email saying, uh, we'll give you our updated guidelines with how we're going to deal with the fall semester in a week. So be prepared for that email. Um, want this peanut says drop questions in chat. I wonder who that could be. That's Carrie. Uh, <laughs> but um, okay, moving forward. So I've placed now three bets, one with 
the dear Mr. Fedorov, one with the vice president of the student government, one with the president of the student government, that we will not be having any in-person classes this fall semester at Franciscan University. And I bet with three to one odds, because I think it is, it was pretty likely at the time, although it seems to be getting less and less likely as time goes on. All right, Kellen Lake, if you had to place a bet, there's going to be in-person classes in the fall. Yay or nay, my friend? That's really hard for me. That's probably the hardest question you could have asked right now. So Harvard has already Uh, already said, Ivy League schools, a lot of them already said, (coughs) all is going to be online. Now, here's another caveat. They've said, you can come to campus if you're a first-year student or a senior student. Juniors and sophomores can't. And they also said grad students are going to be having in-person classes. What's the point of the freshman, senior, junior, sophomore? Because they want thing? freshmen to like you know get accumulated, acclimated, not, not accumulated, acclimated <laughs> to you know Harvard life and whatever else. Which is going to be weird because they're going to have to you know go to dining halls and like be around with people, and they're in a dorm. They're going to be they're going to be meeting with people. Harvard people, like many colleges, come from all over the place. So Harvard's already said this. Right. And, and let's go back to March. Harvard was the first Harvard and Washington State were the first ones to shut down campuses. Three days later, everybody else in the country basically does. I'm going to what I'm going to say is. OK, I'm going to tell you, first of all, what I think is going to happen. And then secondly, what I want to happen. Sounds good. So first of all, what I think is going to happen is that I think we're going to keep in-person classes. I think they're going to be there. And then I'm going to tell you what I want to happen. That's what I want to happen. So I'm going <laughs> no, one for one. Nice. There you go. <clears throat> so I think- You think, I think it'll happen stay. and you want it to happen. I agree. I, de- I, agree I definitely want, want it to happen. Do you, know, do you know why I want it to happen? Go for it. Is because then at least we have a little bit of a chance of sports happening. Because look, I graduated. Alex, you graduated. Carrie, you still got a year to go. Semester. Peanut. But um, you still got a you still got a semester. But um, what I'm saying is, if sports gets canceled, that was basically my entire, you know, my entire thing of going back there was, hey, I'm going to do my sports broadcast. So you're basing your oh, guess wait. on that you want sports to happen. I do want sports to happen. Well, I know, but like, I'm do you think it job. will? Because <laughs> sports will happen. By the way, I think the the, yeah. pa- the Padres had a, a scrimmage game or a sp- spring training game with the Dodgers. Not the Dodgers. Who was it? The Angels the other day. <clears throat> NBA also has been having scrimmage games and stuff. So there's some. You know what? You coming. know what else happened? You know what else happened is the Giants kneeled for the flag. The San Francisco Giants kneeled oh, down at the national anthem. I don't. Okay. Here, I small tangent, but do you think people are still going to watch NFL, NBA, MLB? After all, like when they go full political, because they're going to go full political very soon. Hey, let me tell you something. They're, they're, what do you call it? First, their fan base is going to drop. Their revenue is going to drop. Severely. Like, do you think it'll be significant? Like, people are. No, it's going to, it's going to, yes, it's going to, it's going to be significant. Mark my words, because people in this country are fed up with political parties. Now I can see why George Washington maybe wasn't the biggest fan of political parties, but because look, like, Here's the thing. In America, this is the thing that makes me mad and just irritated. And I'm talking about both sides, Republicans and Democrats. We tend to politicize stuff that we shouldn't. We should never have used the coronavirus for any political gain at all. It's a virus. Use it in medical terms. I mean, could we have like solely 
in medical terms, don't use it any in anywhere else. Don't even mention politics when it comes to that. But it affects policy. So they're eventually going to, I mean, because the government's the one who said we're going to start shutting down. And then the argument became, you know, how do we do that or whatever else? This is something I said in a podcast earlier, and you guys can chat and chat can let me know, our four viewers here. Uh, I think the whole conversation of government telling you mandating to shut down, like who gave the government that power to be able to shut down businesses in a pandemic? We never signed any bill or allowed whatever, and we kind of all went along with it. And then the right and the left were just arguing about how to shut down, right? Mask versus not mask, this shutdown versus that. I don't know. I, I, because it just sets a weird precedent for me with any other situation um, where, you know, let's say this coronavirus stuff was a leak from China, which could have happened, right? Uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology. In fact, I was listening to the the China virus. Yeah. No, I was looking at some uh, information, some uh, different doctors who were basically commenting on the, the structure of the virus. And there's certain receptors on the virus that don't naturally occur. That basically had to have been tampered with in order to, you know, and we know actually from documents, the Wuhan Institute of Virology was uh, doing tests on coronaviruses, SARS and other stuff in their laboratory. And they're one in, they were the first level four containment uh, lab to be allowed in China. Now, let's not uh, forget who China is, right? And what they stand for and what they've always stood for. And um, they're just un quenched thirst for global dominance and control, which they've been stampeding on, you know, for, for forever, um, since the red, since the revolution in China. And we're just going to kind of accept that this naturally occurred, right? This kind of, you know, just came from this. And then you take, you, you take the American people who had never shut down the whole country for any, anything, pandemics, wars, anything, you never shut down the whole country. And then all of a sudden, none of the discussion is, does the government even have the power to tell me this? The discussion is how should we shut down? Does that make sense? We've we've skipped uh, we've assumed something in that. Like what gave the government the right to tell you you can't cut people's hair? What gave the government the right to tell a priest you can't sub- celebrate public mass? And and what convinced people that that was acceptable? Was it the threat of the virus? Was it the threat of death? What was it that like convinced people, let's hand this over to the government to tell us how to avoid, you know, take risk? There's a lot of other risks. Let's say dying in a car crash or drinking too much and dying or whatever, you know. <clears throat> These are all risks that the, the government allows us to take or whatever. Like, when did we skip that step of let's have a discussion of if the government should even be able to mandate this type of stuff? Well, I think in times like this, especially, um, I think it's a goal for the government to limit chaos. Um, and so what the, what I mean by that is what they, they should limit do, the Kellen Alex show then. They the <laughs> Kellen, we are pure chaos and our coherence goes to die. Hashtag Jocelyn Scott. Thanks for tuning in. Um, <laughs> but uh, so what I think is this, I think the bottom line is, is that we have obviously our own freedoms, you know, the amendments, first amendment, whatever, right to bear arms, second amendment. Okay. But the thing is, is like we, there, there's a fine line between what we can do and then like what the government is telling us to do. Right. So like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that we have 
freedoms, right? That the government can never take away from us. But when it comes into like times of extraordinary crisis like this, people are going to tend to kind of submit to the government in many ways, like to their advice and things like that. Okay. Let me put it to you though. Is this an extraordinary crisis? I think that to some extent it is. Yeah. Okay. I think it was. I think at least it was being prolonged. It was. Yeah. But like we never had the, the conversation of, is this an extraordinary enough crisis to warn all this stuff within like a week? Everyone just agreed. It was, you remember that week? It was like that March middle of March week. It was spring break. It was spring break week where everyone just all of a sudden agreed. It went from no one agreed that this was a serious issue. Even had people like Dr. Fauci who was saying, you know, Corona, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Right. And then all of a sudden it became the preeminent issue that everyone it's going to kill literally everybody. Right. (laughs) Everyone's going to die from this thing. And we need to shut down the entire world and we shut it down. And then we've been oscillating between total shutdown and semi shutdown ever since since March and freaking almost August. Now we never, and, and the, no one wants to go back and say, was this really that serious an issue? Like it, it, because people are still getting cases and people are dying, whatever else. And I, I understand it. It's, it's killed a lot of people, but like the pandemic, once it gets out is, is a fact that's just going to, it's, it's going to continue until it reaches 50 to 60%. If our hospitals can handle it and you tell people to wear masks and you tell people to socially distance um, and you make like those appropriate things, how, how about things like take care of yourself, try and exercise, don't be obese, you know, like yeah. simple stuff like that too, instead of just all these other, you know, shut down restaurant, whatever else. I don't know. The whole conversation, it just is, has seemed very strange to me over these last few months from this is the end of the world. Obey the government shutdowns and stuff. And um, I don't well, know. Or, <clears throat> Alex, do you remember? Do you remember? This is probably three or four months ago, and we were still at st- still at Franciscan. Do you remember like the first time we we started hearing about coronavirus, and we were like, okay, so we came into Egan into the radio lab, and you pulled up your computer that had all the cases that we were looking at in the U.S. and like the world. Yeah. We're looking at all this different stuff. You guys so, can actually watch the podcast. It's on Spotify. <laughs> it's episode number nine. It's also on Castbox and Apple Podcast. Right there, episode number nine. That's our Corona predictions back in February. And you know what? The thing is, is like we were looking at all those stats and everything. We were looking at all those charts of all the different countries and all the different cases in a certain area. <clears throat> we thought that it wasn't going to be that bad. We thought it was going to decline within the next two months or so. It's been carry on for, carrying on for like the past five months now yeah, or something like that. Keep in mind, so, only 1% of the U.S. population is infected. At this point in time? Yeah. Right. Because we're, we're talking, again, a population of 330 million people. According to Alex's projection, we need to infect about 160 million people and so far we're only at 400 million confirmed here's the other thing too is that children really aren't even vectors for getting now this is what i've heard okay so it may may have changed this stuff's changing all the time but children don't really even get the disease am i right on that or if they do it's very it's it's not as likely they're not like big vectors for the disease so i wonder how much of the population that that kind of takes out 
here's another thing. Like when people compare this to the Spanish flu, the Spanish flu killed people our age, young adults, up to like 35 or so, 40s, like young people. You know, this is killing elderly people and even further like late elderly people, right? Um, who are even past the age of like the normal average age of death, right? Um, this is way different than Spanish flu stuff. And and if we, so we're in a situation now where the government is trying to pass a second unbelievable amount stimulus bill to further the, the two to, what was it? 2.5, $3 trillion stimulus bill they already paid to pay people who are unemployed, right? And this is the debate now is, should we give them a trillion dollars or $3 trillion? This is where we've gotten to in this country is not how can we get people back to work so we can have economic progress? It's how can we money, appease money, people? Money, how can money, we appease people, money. you know, where they, where they are? And, um, you know, the conservative commentators and others have basically said, like, people are making more on unemployment and they're not going to want to go back to work. And, you know, why would you want to go back to work when you're getting paid 600 a week mm-hmm. or, or whatever these insane yeah, and, uh, and stuff well, is? Okay, as, as a benefactor of Ohio state unemployment, um, I have to ask, where is the money coming from? It's coming from the central bank, and then we're going to pay for it later on, you know? <laughs> With what, though? Because the thing is, the longer the country is shut down, the more that we need people to get back to work. And I'm sorry if that sounds draconian and I'm an evil capitalist, but that's Harry, just the you, reality you, of things. Put back on your mask. You heathen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see you for your true self. <clears throat> Uh, guys in chat, we are watching chat, so so drop us something in chat if you want to hop in on the conversation. But um, yeah, I mean that's we're incentivizing people to stay at home, whatever else. I don't know. It's why don't we have a conversation about okay, if young people rarely die of this thing, but they are vectors for it, and old people can stay at home. Aren't we talking about if you're younger than forty, let's get you back to work, and then see what happens from there? You know, like. Okay, the disease is going to continue to spread, whatever else. But if you're socially distancing, you're wearing masks, you go back to work, um, and companies are able to open up with younger people and not older people who are at risk, people who are at risk, you stay at home, whatever else. That's not in the conversation. The conversation is how much should we give unemployed people? You know, like way to trust the government to solve all your problems. You know, it's I, when well, did the when did the conservatives just just give up on the whole? not using government to solve all your problem stuff. I think it's because we're in an election season. I think if they don't want well, to appear a, to be the bad guy. That's a big, that's a big part of it. Um, yeah. And I think, I think another thing too is, is people do, how do I say this? People are, I think are starting to have a bigger distrust in the government just because of, they don't, they don't think that the government is leading them in the right area more towards like, you know, it's kind of almost like the BLM stuff. I mean, we should be moving towards like police reform, right? Instead of defunding. defunding. The police. <laughs> well, here's the thing, I saw right? a video today in Seattle. They were, uh, no, it was in Portland. And they were asking the mayor, like all these BLM protesters were like, the mayor was outside with them. And they said, are you going to defund the police? And he was like, no. <laughs> and they were just shouting at him and all this stuff. And it's like, I, I don't. These people are serious, man. These people are serious. They well, they want check social workers to uh, pull you over and stuff. You know, check this out. On July fourth, there were about, I think there was like thirty nine people murdered in Chicago, and because the the 
police were handcuffed. Literally, they were handcuffed. They had they were just so they got defunded like a billion dollars. And New York I as mean, well. New York's having record. New York crime. too. Yeah. It was in New York. Yeah, their their crime is so much higher. I mean, what do you expect? Like, <laughs> wow, we, we should we should be putting them, now. They don't want to, you know, logic. Uh, you know, we should be pushing towards like we should be pushing towards police reform, not defunding the police. And so, they, kind of the same thing goes with government. We should be pushing towards trying to put more people back to work, trying to put more people into society that they can be more functional. But in, but now it's kind of like oh, we're just government shutting everything down again, and you know, people aren't going to be able to really go back to work. I mean, essential businesses are going to be open. You know, the thing that yeah, bothers me what is constitutes essential Walmart. <clears throat> I can tell you right now, essential a lot, a lot of are, can do Walmart's job. Damn well, they yeah. are essential. Carriers. Essential. I need essential hits, brother. Essential gas. Take a, take a rip. Gas, food stores, grocery stores, and basically medical offices. What about small family owned businesses? And that's their only source of income. Well, they're going to say that that's not essential. And that's a shame. Then those guys are going to starve and die. Well, what are you going to, I mean, I don't, exactly, I don't have exactly. a response. That's, you know, Disney that. World's open in Florida. Kellen, let's take a trip, brother. Dude, let's go, bro. <laughs> let's go. Disney World is then, open. That's asking for it. Maybe that's why. <laughs> no idea. Disney started virus. <clears throat> okay. We need to have. Okay. You want to talk about who who's winning out of all of this? Tech. Big tech has made. Trill- I'm not kidding. Trillions of dollars in valuation off of this. Amazon has been up 55% on the year. All time. 55%. 55%. Just blows your mind. They went from like, I think they were trading at around 1800 or something like that. They're trading at something like 3000 right now. And, and just billions in valuation. Tesla has gone to the moon, uh, literally and figuratively. Um, <laughs> Apple's <laughs> off, skyrocketed. Microsoft, AMD. All these, you know, big tech guys have just been crushing it, you know. And who are we've talked about this before, Kellen? Who are the guys that are deepest in China? That big are tech, what? That are deepest in China? Big oh, the tech. tech, the tech, of <laughs> tech. You want yep. to talk conspiracy stuff, dude? And our our two viewers out there talking conspiracy. I don't know, man. The fact that we've hit tech, and then also this comes out of China. This comes out of a known lab that's funded by the WHO which has ties to Clinton and Bill, Bill Gates and other people. I'm not going to say I know that there's some type of planned release and the fact that the doctors are saying there was, um, <laughs> there, there's signs that this was man-made, tampered with, whatever. Then that puts a whole new light on shutdowns, in my mind. And also puts a new light on government interventions on these things. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. And we are back. Welcome back, everyone. We've talked a little Rona. Look, everybody is sick of it. All right. <laughs> Literally everybody is sick and tired of talking Rona. And, and it sucks because there's, you know, there's nothing. And it, there's other stuff, obviously. But you then if you want to talk what's happening now and what's affecting people. We talked about Franciscan. Um, schools reopening is very interesting, whether or not they're going to do it. San Diego Unified, our, our public school district, has already said no. All online for the entire fall semester. <laughs> Franciscan also, I'm I'm placing bets that it uh, it'll remain closed for the fall semester. That's just my thoughts on it. But um, I, I want to go back and, and talk church shutdowns, retroactive on church shutdowns, mass shutdowns. And I'm not 
talking just in general. I'm talking the mass. And how are, how are we to judge the fact that the church just complied with these shutdowns and stopped having public masses? We've talked about this before, Kellen. I don't know if your opinions changed much at all on it, but um, was it the right thing at the time to say no more public masses don't come to mass? It's such a hard thing to say. I mean, you know, coming from a devout Catholic and, and you know, practicing my faith. I just went to confession, by the way, about 45 minutes ago. So nice. Something like that. But um, it's it's so hard for me to answer that because obviously you are going to limit, right? You're going to limit the amount of cases, probably, most likely, if you don't have public gatherings. But when it comes down to the core of the church and the beliefs of us, it's what's going to save us. Like that's, we should be open. You know what I mean? Like, and people, here's, here's where the fine line is. People will say, oh, this isn't, you know, this is only going to last for so long. We don't have to have mass indoor all the time like we always do. But then, you know, you don't really recognize the beauty behind having mass all the time and inside people. And I guess people to some extent have a valid argument in saying, guys, just lay off on the frequency of the masses and, you know, being inside all the time and, and, you know, and lay off on, um, you know, the shutdowns, like it's okay. But true. I feel like true to traditionalists would say, no, never. We're not going to shut down. This is our faith. This is what we believe in. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, so in California, you can't do indoor anymore, right? And so now we're doing outdoor. For the <laughs> I don't second know if the same time. For you. Yeah. Oh, for the second time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. This is what is so strange to me. I think by doing outdoor mass, you're implicitly saying we should have done this from the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. now you could kind of say, like, this is what frustrated me before is we had a shutdown with no open time and no real fire or drive to change that mm-hmm. like everyone just kind of accepted we're not having masses anymore we're not having public worship we trusted that the government was going to allow us to open at some point in time and it wasn't like anyone was mad about this now i get it and you got older priests you got older or whatever and if they're at risk then and they don't want to take the risk and i'm not saying force them to go out and say masses for you but there were a lot of priests who i just didn't see a lot of movement of, of priests who were saying no, you can't tell me I can't have public mass and you can't tell my parishioners they can't meet with me. Yeah, okay. So you have the a government good point. can't the government can't do that. Are you kidding me? The, yeah. the church has far greater rights. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And the thing though is is take for example a in our diocese, I think I'm not sure where it might have been somewhere up in not Shasta area, I'm not sure in Reading maybe, but a priest wasn't following any of the guidelines. So like whenever he would distribute the Eucharist, he, would, he wouldn't have his mask on. And you're supposed to have your mask on. You're supposed to sanitize your hands. Didn't do any of that. And he eventually got sick, I think, with COVID. Uh, and some of the parishioners, I think, might have as well. Um, so. Does that make it wrong what he did then? I think, yeah, I think it does because I think. I mean, you could do everything right but, and still get COVID. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't make a difference in terms of like, you know, but, but here's the thing, right? It even like, I'm just specifically talking about 
him being inside and not wearing a mask while distributing the Eucharist. I think that it's okay to wear a mask and distribute the Eucharist. It's not like you're not distributing the Eucharist. You know what I mean? It's not like you're stopping that sacrament, but on some level, we have to have a level, we have to have a, a level of compliance, I think, in working together with a system that wants to help us. Like, for example, the government says, or the diocese, the diocese says, not the government, the diocese says, when a priest distributes the Eucharist, he has to wear a mask. I have no problem with that. But a lot of priests aren't doing that. They're not even following that. And people have gotten COVID as a result because the priest had it. So I am not for the government shutting down public masses. I'm not for, I'm not for the government shutting down church. Think about it. The United States is a nation that is built off of Christianity. It's a Christian nation. We should not, that is primarily, you know, Lord God, the Lord God is our, you know, savior. And so this is what this country was built off of. That should be superior over the government. That should be superior over a higher authority telling us what we can and cannot do. Now, you're not going to have a stable democracy without a level of compliance. And that's the thing that we have to realize is that there's always little things that you can do here and there. It's never one really one big thing against another big thing. There's always little, okay, you can wear a mask and here your priest has to wear a mask. Okay, that's fine. That's like the little steps that you can take. But in order to have, in order to have, in order to not have total anarchy, you have to have a level of compliance with authority. And now I'm saying that I think the church should have higher authority than the government because that's, so you think you know, they shouldn't have shut down and continued public masses, but let's say done, you know, maybe outdoor mass or wear the I, mask yeah, so, and so that's know, the thing, social right? distance. That's the thing. Like, why that's didn't thing, we right? see that from the beginning is my question, right? Right. We so, gave up Easter. We gave up Easter. Yeah, that's that sh- we should have never have done. And uh, but my thing is we can st- it's not right to shut down indoor mass. Now, here's what you can see. What doesn't make sense to me is like. We were doing that anyways. We were allowing it. Now you shut it down again. You have a certain amount of people that call and they sign up and you social distance them throughout the church. You can't do it any better than that. Mm. Like that's, it doesn't make any sense to me to shut down public mass. It doesn't, doesn't add up because you can do things that are within the guidelines that the state gives that makes sense in the church. It doesn't make sense to shut down indoor masses. It really doesn't to me. Because you, you'll have a certain amount of people in there and it'll be safe and there will be socially distanced. And if the priest wears a mask, mask even better, which he's supposed to. But the thing is, is we have to have a level of compliance, but there are things within that level of compliance that make it seem not like a dictatorship. You know what I mean? Like there's little things that we can do that will help build up the community, right? Like being safe. That's an important thing that we should do. We should have that, but it doesn't mean that we should shut down masses. You know what I mean? So yeah. And the fact that home Depot has never shut down and the fact that we dispensaries never have, it it comes down, it comes down. Think about it. It comes down to the politics. Like our governor's liberal. He's not, he's not religious. He doesn't care. He's, he doesn't care about, 
you know, the well yeah, Democrats have shown themselves people. to be anti-religious in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, they are. And, and so what, what's going to happen with, you know, a, a liberal governor, the state is going to be, things are going to happen like this, shutdowns. It's so much of it is for political gain. I mean, literally watch Governor Newsom run for president. Just watch it happen. Just <laughs> he already has happen. California. He's, he's power hungry. Yeah, dude. You can tell. I mean, you can tell. He he just wants people to do whatever he says. And he'll get his way, whatever he wants. You know, it's who's gonna stand up to him? No one's standing up to him. And it's all via a threat of, you know, future death or and then it's also like be considerate for your fellow man and don't go get a haircut. It's, it's like and don't go to mass, you know, like mass isn't essential. Why would you here's the other thing. I think this and I put this in the Veritas chat. I said, I think 30, I think every religious group, doesn't matter who they are, Christian, Catholic, uh, Protestant or Catholic, whatever, is going to lose 30% of their attendance permanently because of all this. Because people will, there's, there's so much going on here. When you shut down, you admit, I'm non-essential. And the second, you're also admitting that you don't really need me. You know, you don't really need all these sacraments. But we don't really need stuff. you. Yeah, and we don't really need you either. Yeah, we, you're saying like, this isn't like haircuts where people are eventually going to need haircuts or food where grocery stores have to stay open. You're saying, you know, salvation, the sacraments, living a sacramental life. We don't think that's really necessary for you if you're going to face bodily harm. And, you know, you're implicitly admitting you're just basically a self-help group, right? And this is the, like... You go to church, I don't go to church, whatever else. I don't know how we're ever going to recover. I mean, we're already, let's say, on the the steepest of slopes downwards. This was just falling off a massive cliff, and I think 30% of people took the plunge, and it could be even higher than that. I don't think we're going to see numbers of attendance in church go up for a very long time. Yeah. And I think it's directly tied to shutdowns. Yeah, I would agree. I think that when we shut down, and especially a second time, which I didn't think was going to happen, yeah. um, I think when that happens, people start to lose faith in their institutions that uh, you know they follow, and so that's a big problem. And I mean, just take take a look at sports. I mean, major league sports, like all the teams are losing, like because of it doesn't have to be Corona; it can be kneeling down to the flag. Those teams have lost so much revenue. They've lost ticket sales have gone way down because people, when they see something, they commit to it and they stick with that. But when they see something egregious like that, it's a natural human instinct to take, get away from that. Sadly, same thing with the church. People, there are many Catholics out there that are very, very strong-willed Catholics, and that's a good thing, but they will stop going to mass because they feel like their priest isn't taking enough of a stand against COVID and they'll stop. I mean, it's, it's inevitable. It's going to happen everywhere in every state and every yeah. county. And there's other people who it's are just happen. like, why did I go into church in the first place? Like, why do I care? You know, I think that's people, a large part people of that. Are sick. Fall off the, the boat, you know, it's just, people why do are I care? Sick. Yeah. People are sick of the authorities not taking a stand. And like, That's where are the problem. leaders? This is what my dad was asking yeah. me the other day. Like, where are the leaders in the church with regards to this stuff, you know? I haven't heard any cardinals or any, really any bishops. Except for Not Archbishop even Pope Vigano. Francis, besides Vigano. 
That was the only even, one. I haven't heard much on even on Pope Francis. Right. Of him. And so the, the people start to lose trust in the Catholic Church, and maybe to some extent, rightfully so, because they do not trust that the Catholic Church is going to do what do whatever it can to the extent, the fullest to extent get the that it can to get the sacraments. And people are like, it's not doing it. Literally, priests are bowing down to the state. What is this? <laughs> What yeah, is this? What like, happened, people, man? You people know? are people are what what is going on with with religion in this country? I mean, what is happening? And no one's you know? there's so much you know what really frightens me, Kellen, is that there's so much that people aren't talking about. It's not the the so much they're talking about. The stuff they're talking about is mask and social distancing and reopening versus shutting down. They're not talking about like, oh look, all our rights are taken away. And oh yeah, this disease came from our number one enemy. And look who's profiting from all of this. And they're not talking about look at how the church has just handed over her rights and everything to this. They're not talking about how priests don't seem to be really making a big effort to give people the sacraments. They're not talking about the fact that we didn't have Easter. They're not talking about any of that stuff. What frightens me is None of that conversation is taking place, and the only conversation that's taking place is within the framework of the assumptions of like, well, the church is non-essential. That's that's one of the assumptions, you know. Like, uh, the government can do whatever it wants. That's another kind of assumption. Where did we go? <laughs> Why didn't those conversations take place? Why aren't there leaders in the church who are willing to stand up for the rights of the church and having mass? Like, where? I think why not? that. I- I think a big part of it is they don't want to take criticism. They don't want to be looked at as an outcast. And so really, which is fear in the, in the line of their work. And we look at Vigano and how he's talking about Trump and taking a stand. Why in, in my good mind, (laughs) God's good mind, would any priest who's gone through 10 years of schooling, Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars in tuition for schooling, why would any single one of those priests even think about bowing down to the government? Why in our right minds would any priest even think every priest should, should be, we should be in a rebellious state. Now, not in a state where we're going to completely ignore all medical guidelines or anything. Like mm-hmm. We don't want that. But why there's got to be something here for the Catholic priests to come together and say, this is unfair what the governor's doing. Now we'll wear masks in mask in mass, we'll socially distance in the church. But you cannot shut us down again. You can't do that. All right, Kellen. Do you think <clears throat> do you think this is going to be here by Christmas? Can you imagine if we if if Christmas mass was like socially distant mask wearing? No, I don't I don't much? think so. I don't agree. Now, however. I hope you're right. This is so scary. That would be I don't Twilight know. Zone 100. <laughs> now, in 1918 with the Spanish flu, I don't know because I just haven't looked at it. I don't know how the United States handled the post-flu. You know what I mean? I don't know how yeah, they yeah. – I don't know how – I have to research that. But I have to look at what people did, how certain systems went about doing things. I wonder what that's going to be like in the U.S. Are people still going to be freaked out? Because eventually it's going to go down. It's going to take a deep, you know, just downhill and it's going to level out and eventually COVID's going to be gone. But 
the real question we should be asking is, is there a possibility that there's going to be a third surge? Because if that third surge does happen, that will be at Christmas. Yeah, sometime in the fall or in the winter when disease that, is really spread when everybody's happens, indoors. If that happens, that'll be a catastrophe. That'll be one of the worst things this country, probably the worst thing this country has ever seen. Okay, do you think people are going to be able to socially distance and be indoors at Franciscan University in November when it's snowing? I was talking about this the other day, and I said, here's probably what's going to happen. To go into any building on campus, you have to have a mask on. You have to wear a mask until you get to your room, and we'll figure out if you're in the room that you have to wear your mask. Maybe you have to wear your mask, maybe you don't. You mean in a classroom? In a classroom during your class, you have to wear a mask. Now, night classes would have, to some extent, an exception. But (laughs) how so? so, You're in that classroom for two two hours thirty minutes with somebody. Two hours and thirty minutes. I mean, if if we start seeing if we start seeing students having health issues because of wearing the masks, then they're going to have to figure out some. I hate those suckers, dude. Have you have you worn it for more than like an hour? I, I so know. I, I've I feel worn it so for about, bad for like restaurant I've workers worn it, and stuff. I've worn it, dude. See this office right here. My these mom. Pro- these guys wears, probably wear it all day. My mom wears an N95 mask oh. with a visor over her face for n- basically nine hours straight. That sucks so hard. And she go- <laughs> and she goes outside in the 90 degree weather with a suit on to examine her patients. That's intense. I mean, if she can do that, the rest of America should stop whining, including myself. <laughs> oh, I'll still yeah. whine about it, even if I have to. But, but no, like I, the I thing totally is, is here's the thing: is that if you go and you go at Franciscan, say you go into Egan, you go into Cody, you have to have a mask on until you get to your classroom. They will. You can't socially because here's the problem: how are we okay, going to socially I'll, I'll fin- distance? At I'll, I'll finish. All right, I'm going, all right, I'm going guys. On, how are we going to do this? Go ahead, go ahead, I'm go going ahead. on a million points here. Yeah, yeah. That's how we do. My it. first on point: scatter shot. <laughs> under anything under the sun. Okay, my first point, you have to wear a mask when you go into any of the halls, the cafeteria, the JC, Williams Center, Fieldhouse. You have to wear a mask when you go in. Once you get to your room, we'll sit, We'll figure it out from there. Whenever you're walking around campus, like outside, anywhere, you don't have to wear a mask. We ask that you socially distance, please. And you don't, but you, in, in a CC Heights, you do not have to wear a mask. Good. Even in the heights. Darn. But in the dorm rooms, you have to wear a mask until you get to your room. Correct. Okay. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Make sense. Putting that there. Here's the problem. When you have students going in, if you have to socially distance, you have to cut down <laughs> attendance in classes. <laughs> yes. You have to cut down. That's a great so point. here's the problem. Yeah, Not yeah. only do you lose you lose money, <laughs> you lose money. Dude, how is the JC there. gonna work? How would you do the JC? Imagine they're the gonna, pub. They're going to take out mostly all the tables and whoever first come, first serve. Take but out all the, the tables, thing. first come, first serve. Okay. First come, first serve. No dances, no nothing. No um, dances. No, no, get, no Veritas Society. Probably no Veritas Society. We never know. No um, Veritas Society. Sorry, my mic just fell. The mic. It's, it's beautiful COVID. mic. It's not so, being compliant. It's not socially distanced from my face. So if you have less people in the classes because you have to socially distance, first of all, when you register online, you have to be razor quick 
to get to that to get that class if you want it because they're gonna have to cut it down. They, you just can't do it. You can't have many, that many students. What does that class. even look like? Like, how do you? What do you mean cut down? Because they're gonna have record attendance with all this stuff. I don't know if you you've noticed. They're gonna have the lowest record attendance that they'll ever have. Because no, they're, they're doing they, seven faith stuff. Have you seen that? Uh, what is the step in phase stuff? Free tuition for any new. Oh, oh for, for the for the first twelve credits, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm just thinking theoretically, if that were to happen, they would have to cut down the amount of people in the classes, which means they'd have to cut down attendance, which means probably professors might get cut, uh, laid off in certain areas. Can you Jeez. imagine Doctor Mirabali getting cut off? I can't and, imagine and, him. I can imagine some others. Dude, it's just. I hope it doesn't happen. This it's is, a mess, dude. This is our, uh, yeah, this is, okay, full scenario. You're providing quite a, a scenario, but yeah, imagine that. Okay, imagine a entirely filled J. Sarah, right? We used to live in J. Sarah. Well, I did for a little while. I don't know if you did or not. We all did. We, Dude, I was right next door, you idiot. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So you got to be socially distant uh, when you're in the hall, meaning are you going to be so you're probably not going to be in any common rooms. Maybe they'll just shut off all common rooms. Imagine that. Imagine households. All right, let's get to this. Imagine households. Imagine household commitment nights. Uh, imagine martyrs, right? And we got some, you know, those gay-ass martyr boys in uh, Veritas, right? So imagine them sitting in their, you know, red room, whatever, bottom floor, pff, Trinity, dummies. Imagine them doing their, you know, their... And drink the cup thing, and then they do their run. That's the gayest stuff. And then for, the, they run. For, those that, for those of you that don't know, before we go any further, Alex is not a big fan of households. <laughs> Just put that out there. No, nah, no, nah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> okay, <laughs> now imagine them running around like all this stuff. It just does not in any way. Now, unless you kept all these people at Franciscan and everyone came there without the virus and they never left. And all the workers never caught it or whatever. Just the fact that you wouldn't have a COVID outbreak just seems so absurd. I mean, in in okay, yeah, we're we're still working through the scenario, right? Households, household commitments, everybody's can't be socially distant, right? JC, you enter the JC, you're wearing a mask, people are hanging out, but they have to be kind of distant, you know, like the pubs open, the calf. Imagine walking into the calf, it's a filled calf. None of this is socially distant compliable because we just don't have enough space and we have two. True. It's completely true. Harvard was able to make their announcement of online classes way earlier. But walk through it. Walk through it. Okay. What's a normal every day? You wake up in the morning, 7 a.m. You got an 8 a.m. class. You uh, put on your mask. You go outside. You pass a few people. You start walking up the hill from J. Sarah. You walk up the hill. You're passing a few people. Right, you you walk into Egan Hall. Everybody's there for their eight a.m. class. Right, you're there's you're gonna see you're gonna be within six feet of at least twenty people on your way to class. You walk to class. You sit down for an hour with a mask on in a classroom with twenty five other people in a small classroom because we have small classrooms. We don't have huge lecture hall. The professor's there. He's an old fart who's like you know seventy years old or whatever. And he's not wearing a mask. You're breathing the same air. You leave. You go to the calf for breakfast. A lot of people in the calf. And uh, you're in line. You have to be socially distant at the calf lines. So obviously every calf line extends like out to the stratosphere. 
<clears throat> finally get your biscuits and gravy and you know slop eggs because butch left and you didn't get real eggs and uh you go to your seat you're you're there with your your household and uh you're all sitting together and uh you take off your mask and everyone in there is not wearing a mask and all the workers have come in from their place in steubenville right and they have to deal with kids the entire day they're wearing masks then afterwards you go to another class go back to the calf you go to the jc and get a coffee and then you go to the gym and you work out in the gym and go back to the JC and talk with friends. You have one more class. You go to dinner. You go back to the JC. Then you try and go to mass, 445 mass. So you go 445 mass, socially distant. How many hundreds of people have you come within COVID contact with within that amount of time? How many people who are at severe risk of death have you come to, if they caught COVID, have you come into contact with within that amount of time? And how, last question, how could you ever make that situation COVID feasible? Well, first question. I'm open to it being COVID feasible. I just don't know how. (laughs) That's my point. Here's the thing. You're going to come into contact with people anywhere you go. So. Yes. That's number one. Unless you're at home. Unless you go to a grocery store in the back. Yeah. Then you do that, then you're fine. Now. If every Franciscan student wore an N95 mask with a huge visor, <laughs> we would, would, be probably, be really funny. <laughs> would probably be less at risk. Who knows? Yeah. Because the virus can stick to masks. <clears throat> so um, answer your first question. You're going to come into contact with hundreds of people. It's just going to happen. Within that time frame, it's not very long. You're talking about maybe 10 hours or so, nine, 10 hours. They're going to be around. You're going to be in many different places. The chance of a the the chance of a coronavirus outbreak solely on Franciscan's campus, I would say, is a little over fifty percent. I think that there's a good chance that there could be a, a outbreak, and if that happens, everything is shut down. So here's the thing: what percentage it, of people do you think at Franciscan friars, faculty, staff, family members, whatever, would be at a high risk for death due to? Franciscan being open and a bunch of students coming from all over the country. Well, I think that first of all, the elderly professors that are above 65 would, would be at more at risk, obviously than a professor that's 35. That may be one fourth of the professors or a more, a sizable, a one third. I'd say probably a fifth or a sixth of the professors would be at serious risk Okay, for death. Um, now what if one of them died because Franciscan was cavalier with their reopening. And one of them Everything certainly would be shut died. Down. Everything would get shut down. And who would All be blamed students, for it? Who would be blamed for it would be the Father higher ups. Dave. Father Dave. Father Dave would be. My case is closed. I, I'll send this as a clip. I'm going to send this as a clip to a bunch of people, but that's that's my case. <laughs> one professor's death will forever stain Father Dave's presidency if he opens the school. Therefore, he won't. And I hope I'm, you know, that, that, that's the reason why these administrative stuff, because they feel the weight, because we've accepted this idea with the pandemic. This is what we've accepted. We've accepted that the pandemic, uh, that when people die of this disease, it must have been caused by somebody opening up too quickly. That's a false premise. They were killed by the disease. Like I was saying with the guy with the mask, right? It's, 
because Father Dave decides to open, he didn't cause that professor to die. Now, he may have provided a scenario in which that happened, but he's not the cause of death. But it's sure as hell going to, you know, people are going to blame him for that. Well, yeah, so, people will blame so him because he won't open. People, people will blame him because they say, you have full control of this university. Whatever you say goes. And even though the virus is what killed the person, maybe because you didn't take proper precautions. It's as simple and, as that. It's and and like and it's as simple as that. Maybe because you didn't take proper precautions that you helped perpetrate that death. And can you and, imagine if you're Father Dave, right? And you've you've just started being president, whatever, and <clears throat> you're looking at the possibility of being labeled the the president who killed a professor because you just wanted to have school open. Would you take that chance if you were the president of Franciscan University? Okay. Dude, I would so, I wouldn't. And I'm, you know, I think all this stuff's a bunch of a bull crap. Right? But well, but yeah, I, mean, I mean I wouldn't because from an administrative perspective, there's <laughs> there's like people are blaming Trump for people dying, you know, and all this type of stuff and it's Trump's fault that people died. Here's the problem. The past month Father it's not a problem. I mean, what's going on is that the past month Father Dave has been sending out emails and he's had a tone of voice where he's saying I really don't want to close. I really don't want to close. I have to, I have to do right. He has, yeah, because no, he's he saying, has. I hope yeah, this definitely. doesn't, I have to, I have to limit now because of what's going on in Ohio. He said, I have no choice in other, in other terms, Yeah. but he's he, father. Dave isn't coming around with this voice that's saying everything's closed right away. We're not taking any chances. He wants to delay as much as he can because he wants to, he wants to have students back at school. Do we know if Father Dave knows the risks of the the complete risks of the coronavirus and having people back on campus? He does. He probably does. Curacao knows, but he probably doesn't know to what extent how bad it, how bad it can become if he makes a bad decision. He knows that at least if he opens and one person dies, he'll be forever blamed for it. He, he will. He can't not know that. He does know that. I'm, I'm sure that is going through his mind, and that's why he's sending out frequent emails saying, okay, we, you, we were originally going to give you two guest tickets, just two for graduation, uh, which, by the way, I asked you for yours, and I really appreciate you saying, uh-huh. you're just saying yes. <laughs> and then you said Sorry, it, it didn't happen. An expletive, turn, an, an expletive term that I couldn't <laughs> say on the podcast. Um, this isn't Franciscan effect. This is uh, dimly, uh Crusade. Den, Denley and Lake Crusade. Anyways. Denley and Lake Crusade. No, yeah, yeah. So here's but yeah, what then he said no no graduation, basically. He said we're still having graduation, but we're not doing it in the field house. We're doing a vaccaro field, which is the baseball field. You and say that again for me. Vaccaro. It's okay. Italian. Great. See, here's the you know what the problem is with the only problem I have with that Franciscan is that nobody 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 knows, speaks Italian. Nobody speaks and nobody knows how to say. The, the like for example la piazza in, for, for, la piazza for example si, grazie <laughs> the auditorium in coda on the on the ground floor what, what is how do you say it Puglisi. no <laughs> Puglisi. no no, Puglisi. no franciscan franciscan Puglisi. nation please please listen to me Puglisi. Let, us, let us let us not be uncultured swine okay 
listen, it's Pugliese. Pugliese. Okay. Please, I'm Italian. Right. I cringe. Right. I cringe when people say things wrong. Please. I know we're Americans. I know we're very uncultured. Pugliese. I'm going to Pugliese. Just say it right. Say, say, say it Francis, right, Francis. Assisi. Say it right. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Back to the point. Yes. The problem is Father Dave will forever be labeled. People will blame him for that because, I mean, who else can you? You can't blame coronavirus. I mean, that's because, the problem. We should I mean, just blame coronavirus and just be open. Well, yeah, of course we can. We can. If we were sober about this, we could. Right, right, right. But, but we're the, not. But what we, I'm saying, everything's a battle. Yeah. Everything's a battle of policy. You're in, yeah. you're in charge, so you should have made yeah. this decision. That's, you're not I compassionate. That's the reason, I think that's the reason why we won't. Right. Because people are going to say, yeah, he died of coronavirus, but could he have died from coronavirus if Father Dave took better precautions? Would he have died? So there's two things. There's the person in power who has the, uh, the authority of doing things. And then there's the actual cause of death, which is the coronavirus. Yeah. So, maybe I'm I mean, being too hard on these priests too, because yeah, maybe that's their same thing is, you know, they don't want to be seen as the, the priest who opened up and then old person came and got COVID and died. And now it's father. So-and-so opened up and now this guy's d- dead, you know, now I think that's totally different than schools. I think the church does something that's so essential. You, you can't replace it school you may be able to postpone or whatever else but no back to your original point um it's as simple a logical thing as that is um if one professor died if if uh if franciscan opens up and one professor dies father dave will feel personally that he caused the death therefore he won't open up and should he feel that way he shouldn't feel that way However, he necessarily will, or people will pl- blame him in those terms. Because Franciscan's a big university, why, a bunch of alumni who are a bunch of crazies. But why shouldn't he feel that way? Why shouldn't he feel like it wasn't his? It was. It wasn't his fault. Uh, because Corona is just a. It's a. Um, <clears throat> because it, the because if you take every if you have nobody there. Nobody's going to die from coronavirus. But if you have people there, if you put people in, you know what they could do? Here's what they could do. They could have all the students there, but just keep it online. So like they would, you wouldn't go into classrooms. You'd be at, you, you could be anywhere you want in Steubenville or the surrounding area, but you don't, we don't go into classes and we're online, but we're still in Steubenville. So we still have they may that, do that life there. They may do that. Now, that's what Harvard's they, doing is they, they allow a certain number of students to remain there. Now, my <laughs> bet would still win, meaning there's no in-person classes. I just don't see how you can be in the same room as an aged professor and think that's going to work with students who come from all over the place all the time who are of the age to be vectors for the disease, even wearing masks and other stuff. You know, when we go, when we have Father Dave on this podcast, which we will, guys, by the way, we should. I don't I really know, like him. I, I like him I, a lot. I, I want to ask guy. him. I want to ask him basically what we've been asking ourselves right now. I would ask him, would you feel personally responsible if you allowed classes to keep going and an elderly professor died of COVID because it was transmitted from somebody? The premier Franciscan him, University 
podcast is right be, here. We got to interview him. Right. Yeah. We want it to be as raw as it can be because we want, we want to ask him straight up. What are you going to do? What is your plan? <clears throat> because if you keep, if you allow classes to keep going, I don't see any a chance in the world that there's not going to be coronavirus on campus. I don't see a chance at all that because you have in so many different areas at so many different times, you have people in mass gatherings in classes in the field house. Now, obviously they're going to cancel things like FOPs probably I, I would think and sports and things like that, but it's inevitable. It has to be right. Hmm. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah. <clears throat> now, remember, all these people are coming from all over the country as well. And from hotspots, New York, California, Florida, Florida. Texas. <clears throat> and by the way, California is number two on the list behind Ohio. So and Florida's up there, too. You have all these people coming in. Think about how many parents also come to help move their kids in and all this stuff. Imagine moving day. There's just. There's too much risk to justify too little reward. And that's, you got to just say risk reward with these presidents. What would be the benefit of them having in person? They're still going to get the money. (coughs) Student life. Student life. That's 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 really the the only only thing. Is student life for one semester going to outweigh a potential professor death? No. No. No way. (laughs) So, yeah, I... And Look, think about it. We and, and this is why I've been this. telling people, this is why I've been telling people just prepare for an online semester and don't prepare to be in Steubenville. You know, like I'm taking grad classes next semester. I don't know if I told you I got in for their grad theology stuff. But like, Dude, I, let's I think, go. I think all of their, I think everything, now here's my, you know, I, they don't have in-person classes. What would be the reason to be in Steubenville? And this is what, you know, that's why you and John Selly should fly down to San Diego and make our San Diego online school. <laughs> <laughs> Franciscan University, well, San Diego look, online school. There's Anyways. going to be no sports there. There's yeah, so there no wouldn't sports. be any reason for you to be there either. There's going to be, there's not really a reason for me to be there. And if all this happens, I might reconsider. <clears throat> I'll think about it. <laughs> oh, you mean come down to San Diego? Online school Either that, Diego, I might, brother. Dude, I might hang dude, out. Dude, dude it, I might hang out with you. Dude, I might hang out with you in San Diego like two weeks at a time, bro. Dude, that would be, until that'd be so end. dope. I, I told John, I was like, let's make our own online school if we're going to be doing classes. I mean. Now, have our own have our own station there, dude. If we, yes, and had podcasts like on the reg, like had regular stuff going. By the way, guys, all one viewer in chat, uh, <laughs> we are now on Spotify, and we're now on Castbox, and we're hoping to get approved for Apple Podcasts. So, and you're probably listening to this on one of those platforms, and we thank you for listening to this. Now, I'm talking we to our future, there's not our live ones. If you want to watch us live, we're at Twitch.tv/slash Ingus Tringus. All up to date stuff, Franciscan University news. We're hoping to be doing a lot more interviews with uh, professors, maybe even Father Dave. And we at some will point have now. perhaps our most important one coming up, which is Father Dave. Hopefully, hopefully we can get him. We on. can get him to arrange we're, that. That would be. Uh, that'd be we're really gonna have good. to get him. We're gonna have to tell him at least a week or two weeks notice, saying, "Hey, Thursday night we'll be able to come on." What is your plan? Because every single person right now wants to know what you're thinking. Every single student, all 3,000 students and faculty and staff want to know what is on your mind. I'm not gonna, <clears throat> what are you going I'm not to do? I'm going to preempt it, but I don't know how he could say anything different. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything, uh, I, I don't mean anything different as like not 
worthwhile hearing. I think it'd be a fantastic interview, but I don't know how he could say anything. If we, if I put that question to him in that formula, in that formula, Father Dave, would you be willing to risk one professor dying to have your thousands, you know, 3000 students have a full semester? There's only one answer to that, which is no, I'm not willing to risk that. If he said yes, or the answer would be, it's one of those things we have to take in consideration. Um, I don't know. I just don't see any of these guys taking that 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 type of risk. Now, you could let's let's try a middle ground. Let's say any professor over a certain age only does online classes. Now that could okay. be that could be interesting, right? That could be we yeah, that's true. They could do something like that. But here's then the again, other, here's another thing though. Okay, but so let's say professors that could be one. But here's the other thing. If you're the Steubenville mayor or like the Steubenville whatever or, or let's say even you're the governor and the governor I've heard is really wacko daco just like Gavin Governor Newsom here. Um if you're if you're the governor and you're thinking, okay, I have Ohio State, I have all these different universities, Franciscan universities in Steubenville, and all these universities are vectors of interstate travel where people are coming from hotspots, they're coming from California, they're coming from Florida, they're coming from New York, all these places that have lots of COVID. Would I be willing to risk a surge, like you're saying, a surge based on interstate travel from hotspots? There's already, in effect, a 14-day quarantine if you come from New York or you come from other places in the Northeast. So would the governor be you know, okay with a bunch of students coming from all over the country, flying? I mean, think about how much like, people are going to be flying from all over the place, Pittsburgh Airport. Would the govern? Would the state? Now, this is assuming the state government allows universities to reopen, because King Newsom's definitely not going to let that happen in in California, right? Do, I mean, do you yeah. think you think state you think state universities are going to be open in California? No, a lot of them. I, I said highly no. doubt. A lot I of highly doubt. No. Right, because the government that's the government runs the state universities, but the government does not run the private universities, so the government really has no say. Oh well, they can t- they can tell the private universities you can't have in person classes. Well, they can. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. I mean, they told all the universities to too. shut down in March, right? Well, yeah. Well, obviously, but I was thinking. Well, I was thinking it would be like more difficult. I think to kind of enforce that, especially with public, because or uh, private, just because it's private. But I mean, what do I know? But I mean, that's what happened to us in. What, what do either of us know, Calvin, really? We, I mean, we don't know, we don't know crap. Look, stuff's going on and stuff's happening <clears throat> that I'll really never know or never find out. And, and I've been, this is one of the frustrating things that you have to kind of come to realize is just, if this was caused in a lab and released and um, China was behind it or a tech company is behind it, I'll probably never know about it in my entire life. But this is, you know, greatly affected everybody. And... um I'll, I'll never know. I, also, like all, all all sorts of stuff. It's just like I don't know. And I think this is one of the reasons why people are prone to very crazy and 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 big conspiracy theories. And you know, like uh, like Alex Jones type stuff. I don't know if you've heard of QAnon. It's been in the news recently. Um, but um, they're prone to these type of things because there's so much hidden that we really don't know. Well, actually, I've I've also uh, I don't know if you know Bob Lazar and the UFO stuff. He's been he was uh, he had um, 
Joe Rogan had two of the UFO guys back on. And I don't know if you saw a year ago, New York Times published a thing on UFOs. And uh, the Navy released a video of a UFO off of San Diego that a Navy pilot had caught on camera while in his jet and uh, was like, I have no idea what this thing is. And it flies beyond physics and all this type of stuff. Well, anyways, there's something about being you know, lied to so many times by media or not knowing weird things. You know, we, we, one of our podcasts, actually our first podcast that I have on the Spotify thing is we talked about the Las Vegas shooting and all the weird circumstances surrounding it. And we got nothing from it. The Epstein case, right? Jelaine Maxwell, who's now in prison. Um, all the people that the Clintons have killed, you know, like so many things that nothing really happens, nothing comes of it. Now we have coronavirus and this is just I've just kind of accepted I'm not going to know the half of any of it. And it sucks. Well, it really sucks because I want to know more of this stuff. But how are you going to, you know, there's too much hidden to really. And then people aren't interested at a certain point. They're, ah, you're being conspiratorial. Ah, you're, you know, well, it came out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but what does that mean? <clears throat> you know, like, Here's the, the problem. In American, in American politics and our government, we have this tendency to hide things and big government is going to hide things and we're, we're never going to know. Have you and heard? There's, there's, Sorry, go ahead. There's so many things that we will never know. Right. So many beyond what we can ever even think of. And we're going to never going to know because you have 330 million people all saying different things, all different sources. There's just different everything. And how are we supposed to trust? I mean, how are we supposed to trust anything? You know what I mean? Especially how are we going to figure out the truth when we have CNN losers telling us all sorts of bogus and you know, how are we supposed to figure how are we supposed to do this? We can't do it. I mean, imagine I'm losing. No, Corona, Corona stuff. Will we ever know? I mean, uh, look at the Epstein stuff and the um, what is it, Prince Andrew? I had another one. What was the uh, Vegas shooting, Clintons. Heck, heck, if I'll ever get to know these type of things, and, and we just kind of have to, you just kind of have to deal with the fact that you'll you'll never really get the full information, the full scoop. Oh, I know what it was. Have you heard of Operation Northwoods? So this was a proposal submitted to JFK back in the day by the Department of of Defense and the Joint Chief of Staff, a legitimate proposal that proposed doing domestic terrorist attacks on the United States set up by the CIA to blame it on the Cubans so that we could go to war with Cuba. You guys can look it up. Operation Northwoods, it was released, it was declassified, I think, in the early 2000s. And some people corresponded it with... um, the release of the document was like, why did you release this ever? Some people think it's related to 9-11, but I'm not, I'm not a 9-11 truther, but um, anyways, like this was a legitimate proposal submitted by the Department of Defense to the president advocating for domestic terrorism on the United States to provoke a war. So meaning killing American citizens to provoke public outrage to pr- promote a war with Cuba. That's insane. That sounds like our own government trying to kill us. <laughs> it's it's exactly that. Exactly. And that's unfortunately 
a lot of our government. There's so many things that are hidden from us that we just we're never going to know. I mean, there's so much. What, what average citizen is going to know about military operations? Nobody is because we're never going to know. It's disclosed information. There's so much thing. There's so many things disclosed to us. That, that we just don't really know who to trust. I mean, I trust our president. I trust Donald J. Trump, the Donald J. Trump. I trust him. But, you know, I trust what he says because he speaks the truth. But it, it's just there's so much stuff that we will never know that it really makes us curious as to what is going on. Like, we can't know everything, obviously. The, the president will say certain things that is not going to harm the general public by saying it. But there's just a lot of stuff, like, in coronavirus Will we ever know where it originated from? Well, hopefully, I mean, at least what we think is that it came from China. And I'm pretty sure we have confirmed reports that it was yep. there. And, and so they've even confirmed that, that came from a particular lab in China. Right. Wuhan so, Virology. so was it manufactured? If it was came from a lab, unless it was accidental, which I don't really see how that could be accidental creating a virus I mean, that could do that much damage. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's say you created or you, uh, I wouldn't say create it. Let's say you tamper with it to make it more spreadable or something like that. And then you accidentally get it and then you spread it possible. But why would they be working on something like that in the first place? It's a good question. It's a good question as like, why did we give clearance to a Chinese lab to have level four containment diseases to be worked on? I don't know. Well, you got to go to the World Health Organization, who gets a lot of donations from all sorts of, you know, mostly from the United States government. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a question of I I don't know and I won't know, you know, fully. And then also, it's another question of like how deeply should you be interested in these type of things? And I think a lot of people, once you start to let's say show interest, you're like you're you're wasting time or you're just crazy, right? That's kind of the general. Um, now here's the other part of it is, um, if you just don't believe there's ever any conspiracy to do things that, you know, it's just a de facto that everything's face value, what the media tells you, what everything that comes out like, that's absurd, you know, (laughs) that, that no one would be trying to hide information from the American public to try and shape public opinion. The government themselves have declassified information about them lying to the public over and over and over and over and over again. Pentagon Papers, the uh, Operation Northwoods, where they were literally going to do terrorist attacks in the United States. Um, you look at what the NSA has done when Edward Snowden uh, re- revealed that type of stuff. Uh, there's just like there's a lot of reasons why the government would not want the U.S. public to know certain things, and a lot of reasons why the government would want the U.S. public to be outraged about certain things to justify certain things, right? So. If you want the, let's say if, you know, Corona was somehow conspiratorial and some people in the government knew it and they were trying to exert more control on people, um, then getting people to see the virus as being the worst thing that's ever happened to the universe would be in their favor, right? And pretty much mm-hmm. everything that came out originally, it went like one week was, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity is this virus, right? People were, lit, you know, losing their minds, pulled up in their rooms, um, it's you know that should alone give you pause to think 
maybe somebody has an ulterior motive with this. Let me at least be somewhat skeptical. And that that doesn't admit the fact that you think all this was released by the Zuck and Zuckerberg and Bezos and uh, what was the Google guy? Uh, not a Jeep Pie. What's his name? Uh, I forget the Google guy in China, you know, and Xi Jinping. These were the guys who have, you know, done this and, and the deep state's taken over. And that doesn't mean you've just totally believed all that stuff, but at least you're open to the possibility that there's more to the picture. Right. Well, I think I think that it's good for the average citizen to be to have a sense of skepticism. I mean, to be kind of to be to make sure that you're you're clear, you're thinking clearly about all the situations and scenarios that are going on. I mean, I think that it's a good thing because there has been times over and over again where our government has been dishonest to us. Um, and it usually comes in the form of politics. And so I think the average U.S. citizen shouldn't be surprised when we see lies going around that have been fed to us. And so I think it's good to have that level of skepticism. Uh, with regards to just how you, what you think the government is doing and how is, how the information is being. Now, see, there may be information that is given to us that is true, but it could be twisted in a certain way that takes it away from its original meaning. And that really is a lie, if you think about it. So it's good for us to have a level of skepticism in everything that we look at, because that's important. Just like a journalist is taught to be unbiased and to be middle ground as he's going through journalism school. That's how we should be when we encounter uh, governmental policies and all sorts of things that are being told to us. Let's talk about two, let's say, more let's be open conspiratorial type uh, things that have been banned, let's say, in recent memory. Alex Jones over, let's see, that was two years ago when he got banned from literally every platform, Apple Podcasts, he got banned from them, he got banned from YouTube, all types of social media, and he's only on his Infowars.com website. And also a recent phenomenon, QAnon, which has gotten in the news, which is a, how can I explain this? This guy, QAnon, uh, was a 4chan poster, and he posted that um, basically there's a worldwide human uh, children sex trafficking going on and that it includes a lot of Hollywood higher-ups, includes a lot of elite business leaders, tech leaders, all sorts of guys, and a lot of government people, and uh, and a lot of the Democrat Party, apparently. And that uh, Trump was elected to take him, take him out, basically. And Trump knows about it, and he's just waiting for the best time to take them all out all at once. Okay, so now, how much of that is actually true? You know, like uh, recently Trump said about Jelaine Maxwell that he wishes her well and all this stuff. And, you know, she was one of the associates of Epstein and stuff. Um, anyways, but Twitter recently banned all QAnon related accounts on Twitter. Alex Jones has been banned, whatever. I honestly think they're given more credence by the fact that big corporations are banning them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is free speech that... um that these companies can just say, we're no longer going to host you. Your information's bad information. It leads to bad things. They're questioning government authority. They're questioning, um, and they could be wrong. They're most, most of the time they're wrong. But if they say, you know, if they open people's minds to the fact that there's possible, you know, a possibility their government could be lying to them. Like, I feel like they're doing some good. Yeah. I so mean, should we ban these guys? I guess is the question. Well, 
I think that it's hard to say because every person is given the freedom of speech. So we shouldn't be banning people because they have a different opinion than us. Like we shouldn't, you shouldn't ban people. I heard, and I think I heard that YouTube is censoring conservative talk. Oh yeah. They have been for forever. Yeah. So like, so the search terms, you can't even like, you won't find them. You have to really scroll down and try and find them by keyword. Yeah. So the thing is, is like, it's the same thing with Google News and Apple News. They always put New York Times, Washington Post at the top. They never put conservative. Fox News isn't even part of it, or any other. Yeah. And there's barely any other conservative. Right. Because they're because they're wars. afraid of the truth coming out. They're afraid of truth. So are they? Are they afraid of truth coming out? That's like they are. I think. I think they are. I think that by censoring certain programs and censoring people, you do not. You're clearly saying. We don't want your opinion. So why would they say that? Why would somebody say, I don't want your opinion? Well, maybe it's because they're insecure in their own opinion and they know that what the other side is speaking is truth. Hmm. So what are you going to do? They're going to shut them down because they want to have their, uh, their status upheld. You know what I mean? Not challenged. It's, politi- it's political bogus. Yeah. It's political bogus. It's like you couldn't handle now. What is it really saying? It's saying you can't handle uh the American public can't distinguish the difference between truth and falsity and shouldn't be allowed to see these conspiracies. That's what they say. Right. What they're really <clears throat> saying is we're threatened by these conspiracies because they may actually be revealing something about us, you know? Like I mean, we've talked about how Google and we talked about this back in the Hong Kong protest, fall of 2019, almost a year ago, on uh, how you know deep into China all these guys are, and Google and uh, Apple and whatever else, and, and the fact that they're going along with censorship, and they're actually making the software to make the facial recognition towers that get put up in Hong Kong and stuff, and it's just sickening. And then you have these guys like Alex Jones and other people who are, uh, and you know, QAnon conspiracy theorists and other people who. Maybe don't get everything right, but maybe they're saying something right about these big corporations that are threatening to them and people need to know that doesn't get reported on otherwise and they get shut down. They get cast to the side, you know. Um, I think it's it just shows that we're getting we're getting more and more used to the lies <laughs> in one sense. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's like like I was talking about, we're starting to submit to government, to big government. And here's the thing. You see people like Mark Levin and Rush Limbaugh and Lars Larson and all those conservative guys. The reason why they're so big and that they're, they put their stuff out there and people believe it is because they have been so rebellious and they have been, they have been so, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to make sure people see the truth. That's why those guys are so successful is because they've seen through the lies They've seen through the bogus and they can weave their way around it and get their opinion out there. That's what we need. We need people like that. You can relate the same thing to priests. Why is every, why is every single priest in this country not doing whatever they can to have a sense of just fortitude with them? I mean, what the heck? The four cardinal virtues, one of them is fortitude. Why do our priests 
not have the fortitude to go forward and say, we are going, we are going to limit the amount of people in mass and we're going to make sure they're socially distanced, but we're not going to shut it down. Why don't we have that? Why? Same thing goes with political leaders and just people like Rush Limbaugh and figures. Why don't we have more people that are speaking the truth? Why aren't we having more people that see through the lies and tell the American public about it? The American public is so fed up with American politics. That's why Trump got elected was because he's not a politician. He doesn't get controlled by special interests and lobbyists and donors. He doesn't get controlled by those people. He goes out there. He speaks the truth. He says what America wants to hear. And that's how he wins. It's such a simple formula. But nobody wants to do it because we're all scared of the truth. That's what the problem is, is that we don't have truth in our society anymore. Where did truth go? It went out the window. It's because people are afraid and they want to submit to the government. Why? Fear. It's all fear-driven. Everything is fear-driven. I rest my case. <laughs> all right. On that note, I think we've, we've touched most of our corona stuff. I want to I want to go to something. Favorite moments from the spring 2020 semester. <laughs> something lighter. What did you any favorite the lighter moments? side the lighter side of spring pre-covid stuff. Pre-covid stuff, you know? Like what was one of your favorite moments from pre-covid universe? The the Franciscan uh, universe where you could, you know, talk to people within 6 feet, you know, touch people, give them a handshake. Definitely one of my favorite moments is when I sang the national anthem in that pink suit. Right before I ripped it, right before, I've never told anybody this. When I, before the game started, about, about 20, about 20 minutes before the game started, I went into the, uh, the JC and I went up and I went to those like vending machines, like right as you enter in on the upper level, got a Coke, went out and I went up to the crow's nest, which is where we announce. And there was one of my fellow announcers right there. And I went up there and that's right when I looked down and I said, "Uh Oh, I'm about to sing the national anthem and I have got a big gap somewhere. <laughs> and he goes, Selling Oh hot dogs. my gosh. Alan. I went out there, I sang it and I left through the back door. <laughs> oh man. I walked straight out instead of coming back. That's awesome. Definitely. Wait, I, I saw you. Loved... I saw you on the way to that. You had already yeah, ripped your pants. He saw me and, and no, no, I didn't rip it yet. I didn't rip them yet. Oh really? Yeah. And oh, I just so, saw it and I was like, I hope oh, you do man. well and stuff. Oh, no, no, no. I did. I, oh, I that's think right. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were trying to say, like, <laughs> oh, I want to go back. I need to change. I was like, dude, just, just go. Just go. Just do it. No <laughs> just one cares. Go for it. No one just cares. Go for it. No one will see it. No one's, you know, just looking at your crotch when you're singing the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was hilarious. Did you ever get it, like, stitched or anything? Or did you just, like, no. throw it away? <laughs> no, they did were too small. One? I bought a new pink suit, but it wasn't really what I wanted. So I'm going to go to Men's Warehouse. And, you think they uh, have go, pink suits at, me, at Men's Warehouse? I'm going to go get a purple suit. I'm going to go get a purple suit. Purple, okay. Either that or orange cream colored. Nice. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, if you got the purple one, you'd be like a Lakers fan. You get the purple <clears> and get like a yellow tie or something like that. Yeah, the whole yeah, Lakers yeah. thing. Uh, I, I want to... You're not uh, a Lakers fan, so... I hate the Lakers. <laughs> but, uh... You guys are what? What's Sacramento? Well, you guys have basketball Kings. team, right? Yeah, oh, the Kings. Kings. Yeah, you guys suck. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we have like no teams with the Padres right now. So, 
Um, what can you do, San Diego? You know, definitely the past year, getting to know the players more, traveling to road games, and singing the national anthem, and just hanging out with them was the best experience I've ever had. Best experience I've ever had. Just hanging out with the guys, doing whatever, giving them hype speeches, just going out there, singing the national anthem, just being at the court. God. Just basketball is just so much fun. Sports is my life. Sports is everything I want to do. That was just the best time of my life. Franciscan, it's not over yet, but Franciscan as a student was probably the one of the best times I've ever had in my life. It's over, Kellen. You'll never be back. You'll Think never. I was planning <laughs> this year. It's over. I was planning. I was planning this year to come back and announce games. I was going to announce baseball. But then they canceled. And I was like, F this. Now I have to go home and I have to drive 40 hours to get home. Great. <laughs> Wait, are you predicting your fall? <laughs> are you predicting driving out there and getting no. canceled? Oh, you're talking about March. Oh, you were going yeah, to announce talking, baseball. Was, you were going to announce, announce baseball for the first, to- for the first time in eight back. years. Baseball was back. Dude. Dude, you know, you should have been my co-announcer, dude. I would have, dude, we would have had such a blast. I love baseball, <laughs> dude. Dude, dude I, it was I, the I would time. call pitches. I would call, I would be like, dude, I'd be the pitcher. Dude, you announcer. could, you could be, we could switch off. We could, you could be like the play-by-play and I could be the color and then we can do a different game because they have like double headers and stuff. But, um, like, dude, it would have been great. Would've first been time. In, we would have had the such first a blast. Time, bro, the first time in eight years, we would have been up in the press box. We would be announcing. Dude, we would be up there and it would fun, be legit. Dude. We'd be over the radio. We've had our headsets. We got to do that. We got to do dude. a sports broadcast together. That dude, would be a would, lot dude, of fun. When Maybe baseball not basketball, gets, baseball. I definitely dude, do when, baseball. Dude, when baseball gets back to Franciscan, I will elect you as my color announcer. And or, here's or another play pitch. Oh, swing and a miss. And, and he's uh, like, Konnichiwa. <laughs> Konnichiwa. <laughs> you magnificent. You magnificent bastards. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the Kellen and Alex baseball show. <laughs> Our sports show, bro. Sports show. If baseball comes back, you and I will be the primary student announcers. Let's definitely, yeah, let's definitely do it. I, I would totally Dude, be down I for trust that. you more than anybody. I, I totally would be down for that. To do baseball. Because I know you, I, I've never, I mean, I've done baseball, but I never did I, like I know high baseball school baseball. Well. Yeah, I know, I know you know baseball pretty well. So. Although I stopped after freshman year of high school, but I've played since I was like five or something like that. I, I played, played since I was like eight, seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. baseball's baseball's great. I really love baseball, quite a lot. And you know, it's slower pace too, so like it's great. I love that. Yeah. Like yeah. playing it, there's really no comparable. I mean, there's comparable sports, but like it's it's the whole <coughs> feel of like gearing up to bat, and you're you're getting warmed up, and it's just you, and you're just waiting, you know, and um, or pitching. Pitching was my favorite part about baseball. I love pitching. I was a pitcher too. Were you? And yeah. Yeah. I all I I didn't all I knew how to throw was a fastball. I oh, didn't really? know how to throw anything else. My I didn't know how to throw a curve. I didn't know how to throw a curve. I didn't know how to throw a slider. I didn't know anything. My my changeup. I had a I had a fastball cutter, cut fastball cutter, whatever. Change up and curveball. Yeah. Curveball is all right. Fastball is. Change uh, was uh, everything was uh because I just wanted that great of a pitcher. But uh no, it was fun. I had like one just amazing game, but we ended up losing. So it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> my but dad in high school, my dad in high school was, he was a complete jock, literally. Like he was the football quarterback and he was the baseball uh, pitcher and he was left-handed and he got a shutout and That's like dope. they went to, they won their division and stuff, won championships. And 
Yeah, it was. <clears throat> he was crazy. He was left-handed. He was tall. He was really good. Left-handed, like, is the premium. If you're a baseball player and you're left-handed, batting or pitching, it's just the premium, dude. Well, you're left-handed too, right? Yeah. In everything. See, in other ages, they would, you know, torture you until you did your right hand. But now, if you're a left-handed baseball player, you're in high demand. You Everyone are likes in a high lefty. demand. Everyone likes a lefty. Pitcher, hitter, whatever. So, I mean, if baseball comes back, the big thing is... It won't. If father... I mean, it, if it father won't. Look, it won't. It won't. I, I, nothing, I'm guaranteed... Nothing's going to be back. I mean, I, I, I don't think anything's going to be back. I, I, I highly doubt that... <clears throat> now, okay. Have there... Maybe maybe we'll be wrong. Maybe we will look. Okay, Kellen, Kellen, we're gonna point. I'm gonna point at the camera. You, Alex Dinley of September what third? What when, when will school be back? August something. August twenty seventh. You, you you are wrong. You know that you're wrong, Alex. In the future, ha <laughs> ha. Suck it, nerd. Right. <laughs> Let's just say that. Let's hope we're wrong. Somebody who's listening to this in September, you out there who's listening to this, I'm breaking the fourth wall and saying. Aha, we were wrong. But I this moment in time, I sure sure as hell think we're gonna be right. So Helen? Dude, I, I I sure as hell hope that we're wrong. classes that were that were wrong in that classes, but we have to look at this realistically too, man. Like probably most universities in the US are gonna go online. I mean, it makes it just makes sense, especially right. with this second surge coming. Like the second surge is really starting to heat up. The tsunami right now. is just like building. The tsunami is coming in. It would be you wouldn't be wrong to say you wouldn't take you wouldn't be wrong to say that the chance of going back, you know, and being in person classes it's as slim is as a potato chip. Is is slice of potato chip. It's five percent <laughs> and online is ninety five percent. You'd probably be right. So hence why I've made bets with like three different people. Just okay. Let's just revel in the fact that if this semester doesn't happen, both Clem and Nash are not going to be student president and vice dude, president. Dude, dude, that's going to be brutal. That's uh, going to be brutal for them. That's my favorite part of this whole thing is they they spent so much effort and they're just going to get campaigning totally crapped on, and not having a semester. By the way, you know Clem and Nash also in the future. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now. You guys, haha, gotcha, gotcha, boys. Both of them made bets with me, so maybe I should make that public. Uh, like when they, when they, uh, no, we should have them on. Like, if if stuff gets canceled, we're definitely gonna have them on. We'll have we're gonna on definitely podcast. have them on and say how it sucks to suck. Yeah, it sucks. Listening. No, I'm I'm totally trolling. I really hope there's a semester. I really do hope there's a semester. I hope it's in person, and I hope everything goes fine. I hope no one gets COVID. This is what I hope for. This is the reason why. Like, there's and you mentioned it. There's a distinction between what you want. And what you think is going to happen, although what you think is going to happen and what you want are the same, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> but um, regardless, yeah, I, 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 it'd suck if if Clem and Nash couldn't have a semester with everybody on campus. I don't think it'll happen, but you know, like um, now definitely, I think spring is going to be open. I, I'm, I'm, oh man, convinced I spring hope. will be open. Me, me too, me too. I really do hope. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it definitely. Maybe it definitely which might. will be January, which will be <laughs> we don't know. We thought this was going to end five months ago, but it ha- it's been going on and now it's surging again. Yeah. So, you know, what the hell do we know? <laughs> but I mean, look, spring, there's so many contingencies. It's hard to make future plans, whatever. Now, if they do cancel the likelihood, what is the likelihood of spring semester being canceled? 
I mean, that's a tougher thing because I I don't know. Here's another thing we haven't really considered is that people are going to be indoors way more if it's winter time, and everybody goes home for winter break. Now maybe there's a a vax. Oh geez, vaccine by then. Um, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking taking any vaccine they're going to put out whatsoever. Yeah, me me neither. I'm just not going to do that. Um, yeah. So I spring semester, I can't even think that far. I'm just thinking fall. Yeah, I, 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 I think that because because of the way that Father Dave has been speaking, he hasn't said we're going to shut down just because for the safety of our students, we're going to shut down. He's been sending out multiple emails saying, "All right, we're going to we're going to see what happens. We're going to see what happens." You know, all this kind of stuff. He has a positive attitude. In now, I wonder if there are students out there that want it to be online because they want to they want to have a sense of safety. Um, that's another good point. I didn't even think about that. I mean, I don't. I, mean, I don't care. I'm not scared. I'm not. I mean, I'm not scared either. But like, I'm not going to be on campus 24 seven. That's the thing. Is like other students that'll be on campus. I'm not. If I, you know, if this plays out. And they do have in-person classes. I'm not going to be as much at as much of a risk because I'm not going to be on campus 24/7. I'll be working with my friend off campus, and when there's games, I'll go to the games. But you know, in and out to the games and stuff. But we'll see what happens, man. It's you know the determining factor really because the president can't say the day before school classes start that it's canceled. Or like he can't, or no, he can say I mean, in two weeks. Okay, he has what do you to think give like at least. This? Yeah, he has to I'm give saying. at least a. He has to give at least a two week warning. Come on, two weeks. That's what right? I was saying in two. two it weeks. has to, which if you think about it, when is that? I, I want to mark that date. In two weeks, school basically starts in about a month or so. Okay. So he he said he's putting weeks, out the guidelines in a week. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We're gonna have our answer in a week, and you know what? It's I. I'm I'm kind of changing it now. I think that it's, I don't really think that we're going to be, and the only reason why I'm changing it is because each time we send out an email, it's gotten worse. You know, it hasn't really been, it hasn't been optimistic. It's been getting worse really. So I, I'm, I think I'm going to change to, I don't, I don't think it's going to be on. And I pray to God that that's not the case because I don't want it to be because I'll be paying rent for really no reason. <laughs> you know, Luckily, it's not five thousand dollars a month like San Francisco. It's only like a hundred bucks. <laughs> no, you know what are you mm-hmm. gonna do? I have this is out of my control. It's out of your control. We can't petition anything. It doesn't work like that. You know, there's no here here in this or you know. <laughs> <laughs> if, if only if only this was a Veritas debate. Should oh, we or should gosh. we not have in person classes? By the way, maybe we should do dumb ox debates via online. I mean, online. there's no way we're going to be able to do a dumb ox debate on campus. You know what I mean? Like, get 100 people in the same room. Um, take their temperature at the door. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> That's stupid. By the way, I was just thinking the other day about how much we, going back to like favorite memories from this semester, of the spring semester, how much stuff we did in half a semester. Mm-hmm. It was a lot, Dude. man. We had the Kellen Alex show full lion. I mean, we were talking. Yeah, we did. Mad crap. It was full, full, full steam. We were having such a blast doing Kellen Alex show. We, we were cooking on. food at my height. We we're cooking you food at my height. You cooked those nachos, dude. Oh, dude. 
That was so good. You made all those tortillas. Alex is from SoCal, guys. He's right next to Senor Gordo Land. So. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Senor Gordo. If you haven't heard that <laughs> reference, you need to go back and uh, need to go back and podcast. check out our podcast. Spotify. We're on Spotify, Castbox, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, whatever you get your podcast on. We're on it, brother. We, we're on finally it. on it. Although you can watch us live on Twitch. Hopefully, we'll get these up on YouTube as well. It would be nice. Um, yeah, we're we distributed. Anyways, we had a. a we had a blast. We, had, a blast, we had what two debates and Peter craved. I mean, that was that's a heck of a lot of stuff going the on. The debates, honestly, the debates were one of the most awesome things that at Franciscan and I love to go to, to film it, just to be there, hear all the different perspectives from the student. You know, the one great thing about a university is that you have so many different personalities come together. <laughs> so true. You that really showed at the debates. I mean, everything from you know. Will Moraski to crack cracking or you know cracking weird jokes to Nick Larkin's doing a backflip. Yeah, I mean <laughs> everything just came out and it was so great. Like biology professors showing up to the evolution debate. Remember when Dr. McKenna came? Father Jonathan speaking. Like just Father random John. random people you'd never think. You know, remember? <laughs> Do you remember? Go ahead. Do you remember that one time in the debate where Father John, he somebody was talking to him. He was sitting down. He's like, "You're only 22 years old." <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. You remember that? You remember I do that? remember that. Yeah. You're 22 years old. <laughs> you don't know anything. You're 22. <laughs> it was great. There's just so many good moments like that. And it's, um, ah, we don't have to dwell on the bad now that we're in COVID land, but yeah, we had a great time. Like we did a ton of stuff that semester, had all those debates. Um, I got to talk with so many professors. I had so many great classes. I had just so many things were going great. Clem and Nash were starting their student government bid. Um, you just forget how much happened in so little time now that we're in this whatever. Like stuff was just happening, man. I mean, stuff was popping, people were popping, things were going on. It was going off. And uh, you know, in God's providence, we ended up where we did and we drove back home and did, you know, you almost died on your way back home. You drove what 20 freaking hours something like that in one day. Eight, two and a half hours straight. Through a blizzard or something. Um, but we we all made it back. Um I drove from Steubenville to Denver in one day. That was fun. That's, are you serious? Yep. That was Dude, wild. That's like, that's like 19 hours. That's 20 hours. It was insane. I don't know why I did that. I was actually, <laughs> pl- <laughs> I was planning on just driving Steubenville to home and just never stopping and just switching off of the pole. Uh, you can't do that. That's like 30 hours. That's 39 hours. That'll take you a day and a half straight of driving. It was ridiculous. But yeah, we, uh, Anyways, I mean, we, and you make it, you make do with what you got, and you, you uh, thank God that we're we're alive, we're kicking, we're, um, everything's, you know, things are going fine, and no one's, we're not dead, we're still alive. Uh, many blessings in my life, I'm sure in yours. Um, I'm not financially struggling. I know a lot of people are, and um, it's just there's a lot of things to be thankful for in all of this. Um, and I don't think we need to, we need to keep that in mind when we're discussing these things and, and guys don't get the wrong idea with when I'm talking Corona stuff and I'm thinking nothing's going to open up. I certainly hope all these things do. It's just, I've seen so many precedents of government overreach and people blaming other people for Corona deaths. And I just, um, I'm not very hopeful that things will open up. I wish they would. And, uh, I think that's just the state we're in. I'm also very distrustful of vaccines, so I think this is kind of the this is the new normal of what we're living with, and um, 
yeah, we'll see where things go, and we could be wrong and whatever else. But the one thing I am just furious about is mass shutdowns and the church and that there's no leaders. Other than that, the world acts like the world acts, you know? <laughs> yep. World's got to keep spinning. Yep. The world spins exactly like it does. And the one thing you can count on in this life, the Kellen and Alex show Thursday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash hingastringus. You can also find us on all your favorite streaming services on Spotify, on Apple Podcast. Hopefully on Apple Podcast, they have to approve us. But on CastBox as well, wherever you find podcasts, you will find this Kellen and Alex show. I think that might do it only. for tonight, folks. The one and only. We're hoping to have more special guests, uh, maybe some professors, maybe Father Dave. Who knows? I want to have either Clem or Nash back on before the semester starts just to get their feel once Father Dave makes the definitive decision. And uh, yeah, any final thoughts, Mr. Lake? Another epic podcast, as always. Another epic podcast. Great. Guys, check us out. Twitch.tv slash We're always here. We're here for you guys, speaking truth, spitting truth. We're always here. We're doing it, man. Speaking and spitting, brother. (laughs) Speaking and spitting. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Hope you have a great night, and we'll see you 